So the biggest thing for me is that everybody's staring at the same piece of fruit when there's a thousand pieces of fruits on the table and I'm going around and I'm grab- grabbing every single one of them. And while everybody else is staring at the turkey, dude, I'm grabbing the ham, I'm grabbing the mashed potatoes, the corn and all that good stuff. What's up, producers? I'm Sam Mantler, and this is the EDM Podcast, a show where I interview artists, engineers, and people in the industry. And this episode, episode 24, is with a good friend of mine, an absolute genius when it comes to business, marketing, and how to build a career in music. His name is Stephen, and he runs a company called Cymatics.fm, which I'm sure you've heard of. They've very much taken over uh, the scene and they're doing great work Um, so we talk about a ton of stuff we talk about you know what are the mistakes that most artists are making when it comes to marketing how do you promote yourself how do you put out content uh, in between releases on say social media to keep your fans engaged Uh, how do you make money from music and I know this is kind of a controversial topic uh, but we talk about that And we also talk about what you can do if you live in like a small town uh, where there's not much of an electronic music scene, what you can do to kind of break out of that and and reach success uh, as a producer. So it's a fantastic episode, uh, very direct advice from Stephen. It's not for the faint hearted, uh, but if you want to really reach the top in this field, if you want to build a career in this and you want to make it your life, uh, then this is a must listen. Now before we get into it, I have to let you know about something I launched yesterday. Uh, It's start to finish Uplifting Trance Edition. So if you're a trance producer or you'd like to be, uh, then you're going to love this. Basically, it's a 6 plus hour, 6.5 hour video walkthrough of me making a trance track, Uplifting Trance track. Uh, from start to finish so you'll learn how to you know craft a melody that captures the listener's attention uh, a nice chord progression a breakdown section that's very mellow and and dramatic Uh, you'll learn how to structure the track how to mix it we do a quick master at the end Uh, so there's a ton of stuff in there and I launched it yesterday so I recommend going and checking it out. This week there's three extra bonuses. So there's 25 uplifting trance kicks, 25 MIDI construction kits, and two extra tutorials. So they're only going to be up for a week. Make sure you go check it out. You can find this at edmproduct.com slash uplifting. That is edmproduct.com slash uplifting. Anyway, without further ado, here's Stephen from Cymatics. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com.
Stephen, my man, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I think it was seven months ago I came across this. I was scrolling down Facebook and this uh, this name popped up. It was Cymatics. And I was like, oh, you know, let's, let's look into this. This looks interesting. And, uh, you know, you were selling sample packs and I thought, oh, it's just another sample pack site. Um, that's cool. And, you know, my initial judgment was like, okay, they're, they're doing what everyone else is doing. And then within a matter of weeks, and I'm pretty sure it was weeks, my judgment went from that to, wow, these guys are taking over the scene. So I want to start seven months ago. Um, you have this initial idea for cymatics. How did you how did you come up with that, and, and where did you get started? All right, yeah. Uh, it's the funny the funny thing about Cymax is it actually started even a little before this. So earlier this year, uh, I was doing marketing. I was trying to start a digital marketing agency, trying to help local businesses run their social media. Pretty much that that sucked at it. And the biggest problem was is that I couldn't convince these old people to let me run their social media marketing. I couldn't convince any of these people to to really um, let me get in charge of their marketing. And I tried a bunch of different businesses. I tried that. I tried a business that was an e-commerce store for supplements and vitamins. Mm. And um, that didn't work out at all. I'm going to tell you right now, I know nothing about that industry. <laughs> but um, a lot of these past failures pretty much led up to the point of Cymatics.fm. And even, even there was a point to where um, – so Drew is my old music partner. We stopped talking to each other for a little while, and then we reunited. Um, early, earlier in 2015 and um, I was talking to him and he was actually like strapped for cash um, he needed some money he didn't like working at his job so I was like dude I was like you're you know you got all these sounds I was like why don't you start an e-commerce store on Shopify and see if you can sell your sounds I was yeah. like that's what I'm doing right now even though I wasn't making any money doing it he was like okay so he started this shitty little e-commerce store uh, selling a couple of his like massive presets and serum presets and he actually made money and I was like what why is, why is Drew making money? He's done zero marketing. He hasn't done anything, and, he, and, he's, and he's making money right off the bat. And, uh, and then pretty much he wanted to hire my company to do all his marketing for him because it was just him. He, was only, he, like, he made a couple hundred bucks in the course of like three or four months, nothing crazy. But it was kind of a cool like MVP, like a cool test in concept. Like, okay, cool, you can sell sounds. Um, because I actually knew nothing about the sample pack industry before then, or even as a producer, I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, so that happened pretty much. And he started, he kind of had a cool testing concept. And then at one point my entire team quit on me because our other company wasn't making any money. Mm. Uh, people started to get dismotivated. And then, um, I talked to drew and eventually we decided to just team up and go hundred percent at this whole sample pack thing and started cymax.fm. That's incredible, man. And you know, normally I have producers on the show, um, and I know you, you produce yourself or maybe not as much anymore, but I wanted to get you on because a lot of artists make mistakes and they don't know how to market themselves and they also don't, uh, well, there's kind of two, two, um, what do you call it? Like two types of people. The first type is the, the, the person who says it's not about the money, um, if you want to build a career in music, then you don't love it or you're not passionate about it. They assume that if you want to make money or you're so hungry to make money uh, from music, then you know, you're basically a dick. <laughs> and the second type of person is the person who does want to make a career out of it, does want to make money, but they don't know how. Um, so I really want to dig into that in this episode. Uh, but the first thing I want to do is talk about the... Uh, let's say someone wants to build a career in music. What are the three most common mistakes that they make? Um, 
three most common mistakes. Let's see. All right. The first one is, is kind of like this whole fairy tale, um, fairy tale dream that everybody has as a music producer. Okay. Everybody has in their vision, like, I want to make this awesome new sound. I want to be that unique new artist that comes out and they don't plan on building up their career song after song release, building relationships, uh, really get good at marketing, have a lot of failures. They don't mm. see it like that. They see it as if I get good music that equals success, right? Because mm. big guys have good music. Therefore, if they have good music and they're popular, I make good music and I become popular. Okay. Mm. Well, that's just not the case. Okay. A lot of people have good music. This is why you see tons of different artists on SoundCloud with only 1,000, maybe even three to 400 followers, and they exactly. have just incredible music, you know? And the biggest problem right now is that uh, the, the tricky part is not people liking your music. Okay. There's so many resources and tools nowadays and, and, and different dolls and stuff and tutorials and everything that you can make good music in, in a relatively short amount of time. You can get really good at music. The tricky part, in my opinion, is actually getting people to listen and getting people to actually care. So the first person, the first part is, is get rid of this little fairy tale and actually understand what's going on. Try to have some like self-awareness of how you're going to attack and actually become successful. And, um, so I'd say that's like the first mistake people make. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to think of other mis mistakes that producers really make. Oh, the whole thing about um, uh, the whole passion, doing it for money and stuff like that. This is my viewpoint on it, okay? Um, a lot of people don't understand that if you're trying to do – like, okay, so the biggest thing I hear is I want to make music, but I only need enough money to survive, right? I'm sure you've heard this before. Yes. They don't care yeah. if they're making 20 bucks a week. As long as they can survive and make music, um, make, uh, music for a living, they're happy. But what they don't understand is, is that why shoot so low, okay? Mm. Like music production is an amazing talent, okay? It's something that takes a lot of hard work. If, if For example, why would you only shoot for a mediocre song? Why don't you shoot for like the best damn song in the world, mm. right? Mm. Why would you only shoot for a thousand plays? Why don't you shoot for a million? And when it comes to your career, it's the same thing. Like why do you want to be such a small-scale producer to only do like smaller things? You should be getting out there. You should be wanting to create a career that's generating honestly million dollars in revenue because money is not this like evil thing. And as you like learn more about it, you read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, maybe Maybe even think about things like uh, read something like Think and Grow Rich. Um, yeah, you got to understand that like money is just something that's going to fuel your project. It's going to allow you to be more creative as an artist because you'll be able to mm. tour. You'll be able to visit um, more places in the world. You'll be able to connect with bigger artists. So you have to understand like this is a music business, you know. Yes. And yep. um, and you have to look at it that way. And that does mean learning marketing. That does mean reading books on stuff. That does mean doing stuff that other people aren't doing, not just spamming at your SoundCloud leaks. It's going to be hard, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and then the last thing I would say is going to be uh, kind of the flip side, not worrying about marketing so much, but is actually spending time in the lab. Okay, yes, mm -hmm. good marketing is important. Um, yes, you got to look at it like a business and, and think about this stuff like this, but you also have to go through a period of a dip where you're just absolutely going in. You're going through music a hundred percent. Uh, you're producing nonstop and you're going all in as in, you're not in school for some other bullshit. You're not, you don't have a day job with, with um, that's taking up a ton of your hours. You're not obligated to other things. You're spending a hundred percent of your time on music production. And I would also say that includes finding people that are much better than you, pe people that are 10 times better than you and trying to growth hack. Because when I got into music production, it was like two years ago and I actually, I knew nothing about it. I just downloaded FL studio and started playing around, but drew had been producing for six years that instantly took my production skill and he boosted me up to six years of experience mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time. That's what mentors can do for you. That's what people that are better than you can do for you. I absolutely agree. And I want to address uh, pretty much all of those points. So the first one you mentioned is, uh, you know, you need you need marketing essentially to um, cut above the, the rest, you know, and what you said about it is it has kind of become easier to get good at making music. 
which is fantastic. I think that's a great thing. However, it also means that there's a ton of more great producers, right? Yeah. So you have to have some sort of, uh, you have to differentiate yourself in a way, whether that's through style or the way you market yourself. I mean, there are a ton of artists out there who have um, a certain, what would you call it? Like a certain style of the way they present themselves, how they position, how they brand. Um, And so you need that to actually stand up, uh, which is interesting. The second thing you said was uh, the, the money thing. I know, I like how you mentioned, uh, oh, I just need enough to survive. I've come across so many people who um, who say that and they end up quitting music altogether because there's a certain level, actually there's a massive level of stress that comes along with just having enough to survive, um, as I'm sure you'd agree. And... It's, it's not good living like that when you're like just making enough to get by and you're not sure whether you're going to make enough next week or next month. Um, it's not a good place to be in if you want to be creative. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And especially like um, people don't understand is that like, for example, if you were to opt out, let's say you, you toss out the whole, I'm going to make amazing music and go tour. You toss it out the window for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Completely empty it out of your your dream, your, you know, whatever your, your goals are as a producer for a second, you figure out, Hey, how can I make money with music production? If you ask that question first, something crazy happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, you'll probably figure out how to make some money. Okay. And you making a little bit of revenue through your music skill is going to allow you to probably quit your day job to probably not go to school because you can actually support yourself with this whole music thing. And then because you've opened up so much time by quitting school, so much time by quitting your job, so much time by, uh, integrating your work with your passion, you will then in turn be better set up to start a music career. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, even, even at Cymatics, like, I almost took the exact same approach. I'm like, hey, this, this whole trying to become a big music producer thing for me and Drew personally wasn't working, so we stopped. We reapproached the whole situation. We said, hey, let's start, a com- let's, start a, let's start trying to solve problems in the music community, build a company around it, and through this company, through Cymatics.fm, we can actually – build connections really, really, really fast at a much faster rate than as a guy saying, hey, check out my song or hey, I'm this random artist with cool because, songs on SoundCloud. Because you're offering more value, correct? Exactly. Way more value. Like even uh, yesterday, like uh, we connected with Borgor over Twitter mm. and he, DM- he DM'd us personally. He's like, hey man, I love your packs. I've been using Jack U nonstop. Uh, would awesome. you mind sending me the other stuff? And I was like, fuck yeah, man. It's so <laughs> much easier, so much easier when mm. you're doing something that other people aren't doing. Like a lot of people don't understand. Like no one cares about your SoundCloud link, even if you're good. That's the craziest part that people don't understand. Even if you're good, they don't give a damn. Okay. It's like, mm. even if the product is good, when you're knocking on somebody's door for like a, as a door-to-door salesman, they don't give a damn. It doesn't matter how good the product is. Exactly, exactly. Now, I want to, um, you know, I, I agree with you regarding the whole going all in thing. I think that's important. But what if, what if, you know, you're working a day job and you need to, to survive. Um, you're, you're okay at music, but you could be better. You know, what advice would you give to that person who... If they went all in, because I'm not sure I fully agree with the idea of quitting your job um, mm-hmm. straight away and trying to launch full time into music. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's a good idea either. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think you said job, that, but some people it's, do. It's something that you have to understand that you have to set up for. You have to set up for a life that's going to allow you to 
to um to be able to quit things and open up more time does that mean instead of living uh you know on your own you move back to your parents house maybe does that mean instead of having two roommates you have four or five other producers crammed in couches and stuff mark cuban was living uh in a i think like a one a one room apartment with like 15 other dudes when he was hustling right Mm -hmm. so you have to set up the life create the piggy bank uh maybe um, tighten up your spending a little bit so you're actually saving uh, to actually lead towards that moment of being able to free up your time. I'm not saying it's something you just say, oh, I'm inspired because of X video or because of X artist and quit. It's just something you have to work towards and it took me time to actually work towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I want to switch gears a bit, not completely, but when you look at the electronic music scene or industry, uh, what frustrates you? Whether that's mindsets of certain people, um you know, the overall vibe or limiting beliefs. What really frustrates you? What do you want to fix the most? What do I want to fix the most? See, that's interesting because I see so many fucking problems, man. I see a lot of problems in the industry. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is is that uh, music production is like a lot of people's passion, right? Yeah. You and me are both passionate about music production. Um, a lot of our friends are. Uh, a lot of people in our community are very passionate about music production. And they sometimes tie that up with they're also passionate about being a touring artist right Mm. and they're tying these two things together and what they don't understand is that there's literally right now more opportunity than ever to have the skill of music production if you know what to do with it so the biggest thing for me is that everybody's staring at the same piece of fruit when there's a thousand piece of fruits on the table and Mm. i'm going around and i'm grabbing every single one of them and while everybody else is staring at the turkey dude i'm grabbing (laughs) the ham i'm grabbing the mashed potatoes the corn and all that good stuff so I, i i would say that the biggest thing is that Music producers need to open up their eyes and realize that there's a huge um, opportunity right now. We're in a very, very specific point in time to where social media has erupted. Um, You can access any person in the entire music industry by sending a tweet, adding them on Facebook, um, grabbing their email address, and you can do a lot with that. And sometimes it's better to do something else besides release music to actually get better, to get a bigger music project. Like for me, for example, I now have a, uh, a pretty good size following at Cymatics. And what I plan on doing is I'm going to come out with a video series about how I'm putting out my album mm. and I'm going to be releasing song, uh, song by song, but I'm actually going to be showing people behind the scenes of what I do for each release to get um, a ton of different plays. You know, these are the people I'm connecting with. Uh, I've been building relationships with these bloggers. I've been creating a list for this situation. I used my email list to boost us up on Reddit or hype him. You know, I want to go step by steps behind the scenes to show people that, Hey, you know, there's actually a mathematical formula and doing something like building up a company can actually be really, really beneficial to your music project. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, almost yeah. like, uh, it's almost like music producers are trying to get to their goal. They want to be a touring artist. That's usually the biggest dream people have. And that's kind of like, let's say like, Hey Sam, let's go to the mall. Right. Mm. And, and you're like, okay, let's take the highway, you know, get off, get off on this exit and turn in it and go there. But what you don't realize is that there's shortcuts. Okay. There's, there's way more than one way to get to the destination. You can take all kinds of turns and gets there. And I think that there is better routes than just starting off as being a guy who releases music. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And and one thing I'd um, latch on to that is that if you want to tour, you have to really ask yourself why and if you really want to tour. Because I think a lot of people just take it at face value. They don't realize how hard it is to play like four or five shows a week. Um, you know, if you have a family, it's incredibly difficult, uh, and so forth. I want to, I want to dive into the marketing though. Uh, you know, you mentioned you're going to put out an album and you're going to explain each step of the process, but for someone listening right now, who's 
working on an EP and they're going to release it, what advice would you give? Because the traditional approach is, you know, if it's if you're releasing it on a label, you pitch it to the label, maybe you have an existing relationship, um, the label distributes it. They might do a little bit of marketing, but, um, you know, between me and you, most labels suck at marketing. We both know that. Uh, and maybe a few sales, right? Yep. The other okay, approach well- is to release it for free. But what what is the new way to do it? How would you do it? All right. Well, first off, I think that there's a thousand different ways today to actually get a song to blow up, right? Because you can do all this different marketing stuff. You can build relationships. But at the end of the day, uh, if somebody puts out a funny cat video with your song on it, that little video might actually do better than your entire marketing campaign. (laughs) And that's what you have to realize about marketing is, is that it's an art form. Mm -hmm. And to actually get plays for your music is just how there's a billion ways to make a song. There's also a million ways to market. And so when you start looking at marketing as an art form is when you're going to go to the next level. But to start off, Okay, let's say I'm just going to create a scenario where you're going to release an EP and I'm just going to say six months, okay? Yeah. Um, so during the, the, the six months of building up your EP, you're going to be focusing on probably the biggest thing, which is building relationships. Yeah. And when I say relationships, I mean try to connect with as many artists as possible. Um, don't, just, don't just try and uh, show them your song. Don't just try to tell them about your upcoming release. Actually try to become friends with them, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you just see that they're talking about a certain thing on Facebook or Twitter and you join in the conversation. Maybe you help them with some graphics. Uh, maybe you see if you can provide value to their record label somehow. Like maybe they need some extra help. They're getting internships. I don't know what it is, but figure out a way to help certain people in the music industry to try and build a friendship to be friends with them, right? And um, and you're going to be doing this probably for a majority of the time leading up to the launch because pretty much what you're doing is uh, you and me are big fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. It's like giving value. You want to help yes. these people like jab, jab, jab. And, and he calls it the right hook is when you ask pretty much ask for a favor. And that's kind of what you need to do. You need to build this social currency with all these people. Give Provide so much value to all these different artists, um, people that own labels, people that own music blogs, people that own YouTube channels, that when the time comes to release your music project, it's really easy to ask your friend to say, hey, man, would you mind posting this up on your, on your channel? Mm-hmm. So leading up to it, I would say it's all about relationships, 100%. You need to also be thinking about your brand. Okay, what does your music project represent? Making sure you have your entire image and, and what you're going to be presenting as a as a music artist you know and make sure you're you're honing down on your sound obviously but then when it actually comes release time um first off i would say definitely free is the way to go figure out a different way to monetize because selling songs is not the best way yeah yeah. um so what you're going to do is i would personally um release a song for free and if you have an ep i would release a song one by one and kind of build some momentum on it okay and i would i would also put them up for free download use artist union and you have um, you have three download spots for, or you have three follow spots. So not only does when somebody has to download it, are they going to have to follow and repost a track <clears throat> and like the track, but they're also going to have to follow other accounts. Um, a lot of people complain about this in the producer world that why, they don't like. Why, sorry to interrupt. Why do you think that is? Because I do not understand why people get so upset. Well, I don't understand why they complain because most of the fans do not give a shit about what's reposted in their SoundCloud or who they yeah. follow. Only yeah. producers give a shit, and you have to understand that there's a shit ton of fans on soundcloud so ignore the producers like if you don't want the download you don't have to get it like it doesn't and if you really get mad about songs being reposted in your soundcloud just unrepost it you know but like i said a majority of the people you're going for are actual just music listeners and they are going to be people who are um don't give a shit literally they don't give a shit about their soundcloud Mm -hmm. um it's not like their facebook where they're they're scared to post something because their friends will see it it's not like um instagram where they're trying to keep everything pretty um or snapchat where they're trying to keep it personal they literally do not give a shit Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is I would put three people on your download gate. I would try to use those relationships you build up to pitch one of the bloggers 
um, or YouTube channels or, um, or maybe a label head or something to repost your track on their SoundCloud the day you release. And I would try to get them to do that and to ask them only for a repost for only a couple of hours or maybe one day in return for you putting them on their download gate. Mm. And after that one day time period is up, I would keep searching for other people because you'll get actually some good traction from all the reposts coming from those reposts uh, of your people that you um, build relationships with. And as you say, hey, would you mind just putting it up for a day? They're getting free downloads and followers and stuff. And then as your song gets more momentum, what you want to do is you want to keep trying to pitch other people on your extra download spots. So like take one person off. You guys did the deal for the day. Take him off. You have an extra spot. Use that Mm -hmm. spot and use the success of the song to pitch more bloggers, pitch more repost channels to keep um, reposting your song in return uh, for a favor or in return for being on the download gate. And this is kind of a cool strategy we use. And on top of this, I would also have a plan for Hypem and Reddit. Uh, Reddit is not going to get you a shit ton of plays, but if you get on top of Reddit, which is pretty easy to get your friends and stuff to upvote, um, you are going to get a decent amount, like probably a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. And a couple thousand on top of uh, download repost gate is going to help you out, probably turn it into 10, 15,000. Um, same thing with a uh, hype him, hype him to get on number one, a hype him. You only need three or 400 votes. Okay. Fucking figure out how to do that beforehand. Have a plan for hype him because you get up on hype him. You're going to be getting 50 to 60,000 plays per day. Okay. Yeah, and when you multiply wow, that wow. times the download gate, it's going to be incredible. So, and then do all that. And then I would also have a follow-up plan for post-launch. Okay. After you launch a song, how are you going to keep this momentum going? How are you going to keep the hype up? Maybe you run a remix contest. Maybe you um, have certain artists already remix a song for you. And I would even say that I'm not opposed to even paying, paying for a repost channel and trying it out. Like I pay all different kinds of advertising mediums yep. to test out different sites, different, um, different things like YouTube advertisement, Facebook advertisement. Like, don't be afraid to lose a little bit of money on a song release. Okay. That's not where you want to be afraid to lose your money on. Okay. If you're going out to eat, just at nice restaurants or you're spending money on stupid shit like alcohol you have to understand that like that's where you want to be afraid to lose your money on don't be afraid to lose your money on some marketing stuff for your music project that's where you really want exactly. to be exactly and and here's the thing <laughs> some of these people are spending hundreds of dollars on plugins and audio software yet they're too afraid to chuck ten dollars at a facebook ad or a repost channel like you say <laughs> it just makes no yeah. sense to me. It, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And honestly, the people that uh, the people that aren't afraid and aren't afraid to lose their money are the people that are actually going to be capitalizing the best when they make that small five ten dollar investment to like a Facebook ad or something, mm-hmm. and they discover that it's fucking uh, only a dollar or two to get a thousand impressions, and they discover this little hack to grow their hype and votes or something like that. And those those are the people that are going to win because they're going to get a huge advantage at the start. And then after they figure it out, and other people figure it out, and everybody starts to figure it out, it's not going to be as valuable. And then those people, those people who aren't afraid, are going to be venturing off into other areas to experiment with. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about social media for a moment because I know a lot of people struggle with this and I did uh, back in the day when I focused on myself as a producer and an artist, you know, I would I would release a song maybe twice a month uh, but between that I wouldn't know what to post. I wouldn't know how to engage with my fans. I mean, you know, you can't post a SoundCloud link every single day for a month. Um, people just get sick of that. So what advice would you give or what kind of content uh, if you were focusing on yourself full time as an artist, what kind of content would you post in between releases? Um, I would get actually really 
personal and I would maybe even do stuff. Um, first off, yeah, like, like, uh, like you said, you can't always post SoundCloud links, right? That's not always going to work. That's not even going to work that well during your release. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what you, what you can do is you can't entertain people or look at people like Dylan Francis and, and Getter. They're just posting like silly, goofy videos and they're <laughs> fucking slaying it. Right. Um, some people are making those cool little videos, um, for uh like they'll take a little clip of a viral video take the little word and then they'll remix into a song you know Mm. those seem to be doing really well right now um even people just posting pictures of their day people doing uh maybe even live stream that's something i've been playing around with and have a lot of success with um and also just copying other artists okay if you see other artists make some post something about a poem or something and they get a shit ton of likes and exposure then maybe you should go post a poem or some artist is posting a motivational quote and it worked for him. Why don't you fucking do it? You know, look to look to other social media channels for advice. You know, don't just listen to me. Just go look at what's already working. And, um, the biggest thing, uh, the reason you need to really constantly post and not only post when your track comes out is because you need to stay relevant in people's attention span. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, as we always talk about, always talks about attention, right? Mm -hmm. Supply and demand of attention. And that's really what you're fighting for. Like a lot of music producers, when they're releasing a song, it's not just about who, it's not just about, um, let's say, competing with other people in your genre. You're competing with other people in the whole scene. You're competing with people that don't even make electronic music, people that make uh, more like instrumental band type music, people that do hip hop, people that do rap, people that do heavy metal. Okay, you're competing with all those people for, for, um, for fans to listen to your song over theirs, but I'm going to go even a step deeper. You're competing with um, one of your fans' uh, girlfriends or boyfriends Snapchatting them because, right, they could be listening to your song. A little Snapchat comes up and they're fucking gone, right? They, mm. they close out of your song. They go check out the Snapchat. They get a Facebook notification and they never see your song ever again. That's why the value of a good song has actually gone down a little because there's so much noise on the internet. You're looking mm. through cat memes and viral videos on Facebook all day, getting emails, getting phone calls, getting text messages that – even to get somebody to play your track is hard as shit. That's why marketing is so hard nowadays, you know? But if you should take advantage of the newest strategies and stuff and actually study the marketing side of it, that's why you can capitalize as a music producer. That's why people with even shitty songs are hitting number one on the radio sometimes, you know? And you can see this even like mainstream radio a lot. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I'm certainly guilty of uh, not listening to a song the whole way through because I get a text or something like that. <laughs> it happens man um what platform do you feel is the most underutilized at the moment um i would say i would say youtube okay Cause, interesting because right yeah right now you have the ability to start let's say like start streaming your production right like mm-hmm. that's what um, virtual ride did and he absolutely killed it you have the ability to make any sort of cool video related to your music you can do maybe cool music videos maybe you could even promote other people kind of like a music channel um and maybe maybe even side by side with youtube would be just making your own website in general because mm-hmm. what you have to do nowadays as a music producer you have to provide more it's not just about your songs it's about your songs and your social media it's about your songs, social media and what you have on your website or what you put, what kind of videos you put up on your YouTube or what you put on your Snapchat. So I would say that it's more about SoundCloud. I would even respect an artist that said, Hey, I'm not going to post anything on SoundCloud because, and I'm just going to go through straight like YouTube, for example, because then what that does is it's going to kind of cut off an easy option. Right. Mm. And then when you have that option cut off, you're like, fuck, how am I supposed to make it as a music artist if I don't have SoundCloud? Mm. Well, this is going to, uh, this is going to spark you to think um, differently. This is going to, um, this is going to push you to uh, make a huge discovery, right? Yes. And yeah. um, 
and I've even, I've done this to myself plenty of times in the past where I'll just literally tell myself like, Hey, maybe I'm not going to do any, um, any sort of Facebook advertising for a little bit. And I have to figure out a different way to be successful to, to get my message out there, you know? And I would say doing that has like, it'll, it'll help you think differently. You know, I'm not saying don't post stuff on SoundCloud, but I'm saying is test out these other platforms. Um, you can be good at every single one of them. So there's not a single one that you can be good with, but you need to be figuring out, um, how other people are successful on, let's say YouTube, Instagram, or whatever, and try to replicate their success. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, now I want to talk about cymatics. I want to talk about sound banks in particular, you know, a lot of people, um, you have a lot of fans, but you also get a little bit of hate, which I've noticed. And, and this is something that comes along with success. I mean, it's only a given. Uh, but how would you convince someone who, let, let's say, I look at cymatics, I go, you know, man, these sample packs are like $100. Your latest one's $127. I don't want to spend money on that. I mean, I... That's not even worth it. It's just a bunch of presets. Why are they selling it for that much? Do a sales yeah. job on me. Okay. Well, there's a couple, couple, couple things I want to mention on our um, actual sample packs and sure. stuff. First off, a lot of producers are struggling for cash. I get it. I yep. was there. I was holding signs. My old job was holding signs on the side of the road. Okay. It fucking sucked. Okay. And every dollar matters. And I tell people personally, like we have shit tons of free stuff on our website. Mm. If you can't afford one of our packs, I just literally say it's better off to save your money. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to be over pushy and saying buy our stuff, buy our stuff. You know, if you need to freaking go pay your car payment, go pay your car payment, you know, mm. make smart decisions here. Um, but the reason we price our stuff so high is that we get like, six or seven sound designers to work on the pack. Um, it's not just some dude in his bedroom, you know, going in and trying to put up stuff to make a quick buck. We try and like make the absolute best quality. Like our, yeah. our last pack, we even tried to innovate and do animal sounds. So we took a bunch of lions, tigers, freaking hippos, um, Komodo dragons, all these different weird animals. And we turn them into wavetables and serum. Right. Mm -hmm. And we create these massive packs and like, even we get bigger artists. Uh, I'm not supposed to say their names or anything, but there's a lot of guys that uh, a lot of listeners will probably, you know, know their names and be fans of, but, um, we get a lot of people involved on this to take something to the next level because mm -hmm. what you're paying for is not just presets and wavetables. What you're paying for is actually knowledge, right? The same reason why people are listening to this podcast yes. Yeah. They're paying they're paying for the ability to learn how this stuff is made. You don't understand how long it took me and Drew to actually learn sound design and get into it. Mm. Um or just people in general. It takes hours and hours and hours to learn. I'm talking three, four thousand hours just to get into it and start making some crazy stuff. And that's really what we do is we're gonna save you that time. Okay. You're gonna get in there, you're gonna get this cool stuff. And you're going to just be able to learn from it. See how these different artists make these presets. See how, because we also sell like project files. You get to actually see how this stuff is made and used in action. And then um, we also give you the tools to actually create more stuff yourself. And the biggest thing, you were talking a little bit about hate. People obviously hate on presets, right? It's a yes, common thing yeah. in the industry. People talk shit about presets. Um, and, and the thing I don't understand is they're like, oh, just make your own sounds. And dude, I'm so amazed at that. I'm like, dude, just make your own doll. Why are you using <laughs> exactly, somebody else's? Yeah, yeah. Make your own fucking VST. Stop using Steve Duda's VST, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, like, like the creative control is still in your hands. It's like give somebody, give a uh, hundred artists stems to a remix and, and watch how many different things come out, right? Exactly. Give somebody yeah. one preset and ask ask a hundred different artists to make songs. You'll get a hundred different songs. Okay. Mm. The creative ability is still in your control. Those people that are stubborn, those people that like, don't want to accept that, uh, don't want to ex uh, accept that resource. Are stupid. Those are the same people that won't accept that Facebook advertising is good. 
Those are the same people that won't accept um, a lot of the good information that's out there because they're too stubborn, right? But yeah, um, yeah that's, that's pretty much my opinion on that. Uh, let me ask you, you know, you, you talked about how your sample packs or your sound banks are actually educational tools, which I absolutely agree with. You can obviously reverse engineer them. Um, what would you pay to get like full insider access to a company, let's say a company like, um, what company do do what company do you like the most? Like, let's say Gary Vaynerchuk's VaynerMedia. Let's just use that as an example. Uh-huh. How much would you pay to get access to like all their data, um, the way they structure their business, the way they market internally? How much would you pay for that? Honestly, if right now, if Gary was like, hey, you get insider access to our entire company, I'd, I'd pay easily like $50,000 to $100,000. Right. right. Right off the bat, because you got to understand is that Understand getting that kind of information is going to be what would set my company, launch my company forward. Like launch, yes, right? Exactly. If I could get behind, if I could get the insides and out, like Sam, me and you have talked. Um, every single one of our conversations we have on Skype about our companies has literally made me tons of money, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, for example, on um, production. Okay, every single time that I've hopped in a produ- or hopped in a studio with a producer that's way better than me, it's like holy shit, this guy just saved me three, four hundred hours, right? Yeah, and. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really how music producers have to be learning. Okay, you don't have to learn from presets if you don't want to, guys. You don't but have to but learn. That's from- what I'm saying. Like, if you if you yeah. don't have access to mentors, exactly. What, that's what is one hundred and twenty seven dollars? No, yeah. that's what I'm saying, and and that's really what it comes down to. If you don't ha- like, you need mentors. And even, the funny thing is, guys, is that uh, like Dead like Dead Mouse um, was in a stream using our stuff. Borgor uses our stuff. There's a lot of big Dead guys Mouse. who use that stuff. Those guys do not have little mo- music morals, as I like to call them. Those guys <laughs> are just making good music, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, like I said, mentors is another thing we haven't really talked about, or we talked a little I bit talk, about. I want to talk about mentors because I get a lot of questions. Um, like I get people asking me if I can mentor them. I mentor a few people. I can't mentor everyone because you know there's only 24 hours in a day. But but how how does someone get a mentor? Um, okay, for a couple things. One, there are literally shit tons of producers everywhere nowadays. Okay, mm. and even if a producer is at your level, the nature of the music industry is, or just the nature of music production is that. Um, for example, if I meet a new producer, let's say we're at the same skill level, he probably knows an entirely different set of music production skills than I do because mm. you kind of teach yourself music production. You know what I'm saying? Yep, everybody yep. experiments differently. Everybody songwrites differently. Everybody um, has their own like little special go-to tricks. Um, what you have to understand as a music producer, yes, it's obviously awesome if you can get a guy who's 10, 20, 100 times more successful than you, more um, skilled than you are, but if you can't, even teaming up with different producers on a weekly basis is just as fucking good. Or watching YouTube videos. You can go see Nightmare in the studio. You can go see Avicii in the studio. Martin Garrix showed some of his tips. Like, there's so many people online now. Just go to fucking YouTube and search it, you know? I think a lot of people are being lazy when they complain about not having a mentor when they haven't even gone through 10, 15 YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Some people want to be handheld through the whole process. Um, I actually ranted about this on Twitter the other day uh, because, you know, I I get a few emails and, and I always reply to them. I always give advice. But a couple of people or one person came back and said, oh, they were asking how to do a specific thing. I told them how then they asked me if I could do it for them. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, come on, dude. Like, do, do you actually like making music at all? Because you ne- there needs to be a, a level of problem solving or 
um, drive to actually create something. Um, but anyway, that's that's a tangent. I don't want to rant about that. Yeah. Uh, here's a question that I and others get a lot, and I think I asked Booty this in episode two. But um, should artists promote themselves before or during or after they have great music? In other words, oh. should producers promote themselves early on when their music sucks, to be blunt? Um, I think 100% yes. Okay. I think you should be releasing songs even if your music sucks because one of the biggest problems in the music industry is paralysis by analysis. Okay, mm. Even I had this problem nonstop. Even Drew has this problem nonstop. You probably even have this problem without even knowing it. Everybody saves their songs because they're waiting for that perfect sound to release, and they end up just saving a shit ton of d- different songs and never putting anything out, mm. right? And uh, this is a big problem because, like we talked about, the importance of marketing. Not only, um, not only are you you're making songs, so you're getting better at music production, but you're not getting any feedback on your songs. You're not getting any practice at releasing a song. You're not getting any. Um, you're not you're not learning any of the marketing stuff because you don't actually have any practice on putting the song out. That's why a lot of times when the producer finally does put a song out, it doesn't get any traction. I think a lot of people need to take their songs they have, come up with a little release plan, and at least try something, okay? Mm. Don't be afraid to put out that song you've been saving up for a while, okay? You can make another one, okay? The thing that is very valuable as a music producer is not the song. Who gives a shit about your cool song you made last summer, okay? No one gives a shit because you can make it again. What's important is is that you have the music production skill. You have that skill to do that again because if you do it once, you can obviously do it twice and better, okay? And so don't be afraid. If you have songs saved up, come up with a release plan and try something, okay? You can always you can always hit the restart button and just start a new SoundCloud, create a new little image, create a new little name, and, and re-upload your new sound you've been going for, you know? Yeah, and not even that, but I don't think, like, you can, it would take you five minutes to find songs that I've made, like, four or five years ago that absolutely suck. Like, I'm, I'm embarrassed by them, uh, but they're still on the internet. I can't delete them. Do I really care about that? Like if someone comes along and, and searches up Sam Matlin and finds my old alias and right. finds something, no, because most people, like 99% of people understand that uh, when someone works in a creative field, they start off shit and then they get better. Uh, so they recognize that five years ago or five years earlier, the music isn't going to be as good. Um, so I don't think there's much downside, like you said, to releasing early. Yeah, uh, and... And artists, artists really look at, um, you guys got to understand, everybody's like this, especially if you're a music producer, is that you're waiting for that perfect sound. You're waiting for that unique sound, that thing that's going to make your music project blow up. But the, the, the sad part is, is that as an artist, there's never a perfect sound. You're always striving for more. You're always striving for something better. Therefore, that's when you get stuck in that paralysis by analysis of always just making new music and never putting anything out because you're always searching for it. But you guys got to understand, it's a never-ending um pretty much a never ending uh, journey to try and find um, try to be successful. It's not like, you know what I'm saying, Sam? It's not like yeah. one thing. It's like, you gotta, you're constantly going to be striving for more. So that's why you kind of have to just get started, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. I've got one more question and I want to jump into some, some quick fire questions. So what advice would you give to an artist who's, and this is such a common question, uh, an artist who's living in a small town where there isn't much of an electronic music scene and they want to, uh, quote-unquote, make it, what advice would you give to that person? First off, um, I would spend an insane amount of time in the studio learning, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would spend 80% of my time I have, and I would stay at my parents' house. If you live at home, if you can do that, if you can avoid getting a job because you live at home or you just have a part time or something that's going to allow you to get more time for production, I would go all in. Um, I would not go to school because school burns a lot of your time unless you can afford something like, um, something like icon. Cause I do respect icon collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would spend, I would spend all your time in this little town on production and then spend a little bit of time actually learning, like reading books. I fucking, I would start studying marketing stuff. I would start, um, doing all that stuff because yeah, you could build relationships. Like I talked about how important they are. Yeah. You could learn some different growth hacks, but the thing that's going to help you in life in general is going to be your mindset. Okay. The first thing I teach people when they come onto our company is not like, Hey, here's how you can get. Uh, here's how we can bring five thousand people to our Facebook page, and you know, in only a couple hours. Hey, here's how we can uh, make a song kind of blow up and do this and that. Here's how we, you know, do this. I don't want to show them all that stuff. I want to make sure their mindset right. Right. I want to make sure that they have the right mindset. They have the right values. That's going to help them in the long run. And you need to be thinking about that as a music producer. So while you're getting good, start to study a bunch of foundational knowledge. Read books. Um, you know, read books on other successful people, read books on marketing, read books on psychology, start, start to have a good base of knowledge that's going to help you propel your thinking, not in the next year or two necessarily, but help propel yourself in the rest of your fucking life, you know? For sure, for sure. Uh, what books or resources, let's, let's say top three, top three books or resources uh, that you'd recommend to producers? Okay, first one is going to be anything you want to learn, guys. If you want to learn something about Facebook marketing as a music producer, if you want to learn something about how to get more plays on SoundCloud, or if you want to learn something about production, you need to type in that shit right into YouTube. Okay. And what I do personally is let's say I'm trying to learn a little bit more about email marketing. I'll type in email marketing conference. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the, even, even when I was getting into um, trying to learn into music marketing, what I did was I saw one video of like flume behind the scenes and it showed, um, and it showed Flume's whole team team at a conference. It was like some Australian yeah. conference, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what what I so what I would do is I would search music conferences. I would watch music conferences on marketing, branding, all the different kinds of stuff. There's actually a huge list on our website. Um, I got thousands of or I got hundreds of links on different um, different music conferences. You can watch hour long keynotes of all these different people in the industry. Everybody from founders of Native Instruments to uh, people behind the scenes running branding for like Flume. Okay. So use YouTube effectively. I watch videos all fucking day. So that's going to be your first one. When it comes to books, uh, I would recommend something like, let's see, there's the book question always stumps me because there's so many good ones. (laughs) Um, I would, I would uh, read influence the psychology of persuasion. Mm -hmm. Um, This book has probably been the most life changing book I've ever read. It's um, Robert, uh, Robert Caldini pretty much. He studies like a bunch of things from like car salesmen to like religions to like, um, all these different industries on how people are persuaded, what makes mm-hmm. people persuaded to make certain decisions. And as a music producer, you have to understand is what are you doing? You're trying to persuade somebody else to maybe, um, release your song under the, their label, or you're trying to, you're trying to persuade a music blog to, um, to, to write about your song. You're trying to convince, um, some guy, some promoter to hire you for his show, you know, and you're constantly dealing with people. That's, that's actually a big problem that music producers have. They spend so much time in their room that they aren't that good. They don't have that good people skills. But if you yeah, read yeah. Um, Influence of Psychology Persuasion, it'll really help you understand people. And I think just to, just to latch on to that, uh, actually, you should actually go out to events and so on and actually meet people because it's okay to read a book like Influence, which is a fantastic book. 
Uh, but if you read that and then just stay sitting in your room, like what are you, what are you really going to achieve? So yeah, go out to gigs, go out to conferences, like you say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the last thing I guess I'd say over resource wise would be, I'm going to say, I'm going to call out Cymax.fm, man. Yeah, we put out hell yeah. of good stuff. Like right now, guys, we're only tipping, we're only tipping the, the tip of the iceberg here like we have a youtube channel we're absolutely slaying it i'm trying to get what sam's doing right now bringing value he's actually inspired me to go interview other people get a bunch of good stuff going i'm actually interviewing him after this interview so <laughs> i have to give me a little shameless self promo and say cymatics.fm of course man gotta do it <laughs> okay this is this is a bit of an odd question but it's uh it just came up so let's say there's a new and this is over the world like there's a new totalitarian regime implemented and the one thing that everybody has to do is stick up a, a canvas on their wall in their studio or their bedroom with a a quote on it uh mm-hmm. and it can only be one quote what would the best quote be to if, if you're forced to do it what would it be um one quote damn you have to look at this every day the one quote you have to look at every single day. God, there's one by Grant Cardone I really like. Um, I think it's success is your duty, obligation. Yes. And what, what was the rest of it? What's the duty, rest of obligation. it? Duty, obligation. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so This is what happens well. when, you, when you think of these questions. How about it? Um, wait, it's like success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I like and, that. I and, like that. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like the way I look at you know my project. It's like my duty. You know, it's not. I'm just not just doing it. I'm not even to be honest. I'm not even doing cymatics for me personally. Mm. I really enjoy helping other people. You know, course, and one of yeah, the biggest yeah. inspirations with starting a company over a music project was, is that I actually looked at, um, I actually looked at the average salaries of music producers. I looked at the net worth of the, my favorite artists, and I, I noticed that it wasn't very big. Mm. And even though my passion was music more important to me was actually helping my family pay for bills. Mm, right. Mm. That's what was making me like the fact that I could, you know, make my mom and dad quit their job so they can just relax and have a good life. Maybe get my friends in, involved with my music company so they can, you know, quit their jobs and do something fun. Uh, or, or how we're helping the music community in general right now get to their, you know, dreams and goals. So that's actually more important to me than actual things that I do. For sure, man. Absolutely. Um, well, thanks, Stephen, for coming on. Uh, and before you go, any last words for the listeners? Yeah, guys. So, you know, the, the music world is changing. It's not the same as it used to be. There's probably 10 times the amount of music producers on SoundCloud now. There's 10 times the amount of people that have FL Studio in Ableton, okay? Everybody has a good sound, okay? And you're really going to have to do something different. And if it means sitting in the production fucking or sitting in the bedroom, your bedroom studio, 12, 14 hours a day, then do that. If it means reading uh, a book a day to learn extra stuff on marketing, extra stuff on psychology, um, inspiring yourself on success then do that. But what you have to understand is that there's a lot of opportunity right now. Um, this whole internet thing is not very old and there's a lot of opportunity and you can take advantage of it. And the time is now, okay. It's not just some, um, pipeline dream. It's actually very, very achievable, but you just have to take it seriously dropping wisdom love it the knowledge bomb (laughs) cool man 